Welcome to Boardwalk Sports Talk, the podcast by the Jersey sports fan for the Jersey sports fan. Because in New Jersey, we know you don't like us. And guess what? We don't like you either. Boardwalk Sports Talk, welcome. We have a really special guest today, a little summer special. Rutgers legend, pro legend, Quincy Doobie. Quincy, welcome to the program. What's up, man? Happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Man, it's awesome to have you. So like every other guest we have here, we've had Quasi Yaboa, JR, and then we're going to start with your hoop story. So can you tell us how did you start playing basketball and what got you started in the game? Yeah. For me, my, my story is a lot different than a lot of, um, you know, other athletes because, um, you know, my parents, um, they came here in the 70s, you know, and I was born 84. And, um, you know, they wasn't really in the sports. You know, my dad played soccer here and there, but it wasn't, it wasn't like to the point where, you know, I was doing it and I, and I loved the game. So um, I, I, I was born in Flatbush, Brooklyn originally. Um, and then when I was about seven, eight years old, I moved to Coney Island. Um, I know you, you know that area because it's real close to Bay Ridge. So um, I, I moved there. And I remember when, when I first moved there, I, I saw a basketball court on, on every block. Every block I, we walked past, it was a basketball court. Oh, yeah. So I remember, I, I remember just being intrigued. Like, oh, I've seen all the kids playing the ball in the air. I'm like, well, I wonder what is that? You know, and I asked my parents, they they didn't know what it was. So then, um, you know, as my time, um, you know, uh, as I got older, my time in Coney Island, um, you know, I was uh, in school. I got to you know, introduce the game during gym class. But um, when I first, uh, you know, got on the team and started playing like organized ball, I, you know, it was hard for me to go outside and really play the game like I would want to. But um, when I got of age, I got to high school, you know, I kind of had more freedom. So that's when I started taking sports more serious and taking basketball, you know, joining teams. And, you know, that's that's kind of how my, my, my story began. And um, even even um, as a fr- as a uh, ninth grade in high school, you know, I didn't play on my team, in my high school team, my first two years, my, my freshman and sophomore year. Um, you know, I was, I was getting into a lot of trouble. Um, you know, I'm not doing too good in school. But, um, you know, my high school coach discovered me, a couple people from my neighborhood that were older than me that had success at Grady, you know, um, also went up to Grady and spoke to my high school coach and, you know, to give me a shot and, you know, kind of look out for me. And, you know, he wound up doing that. He wound up, you know, taking me under the wing and helping me develop my game. I always was a natural shooter. I don't know how I developed it. I think, um, you know, I watched a couple guys shot, shoot. And, you know, I just took what I saw and I applied to myself. So a lot of my, a lot of my um, skills and stuff just came from me watching. And it wasn't, like, developed as in, like, you know, I had a coach and he was training me. I just was learning on the fly. And like I told you, when I, when I got my freedom, you know, when I got to high school, I started going outside more, competing more, playing more, like, uh, and the love for the game just started growing and growing. And, you know, um, I also had a lot of guys made it to, you know, um, get uh, scholarships from my area. Um, you know, I had guys like Derek Flight, Derek B. Brown Flight that played mm-hmm. for Providence. He grew up um, in my area. Um, Norman Richardson went to Howe Street, Stephon Marbury, Georgia Tech, NBA, 
uh, Sebastian Taylor, uh, Chris Taft, who went to Severian. Um, yeah. A whole bunch of guys from my area made it. So it just made me feel that I can do it as well. You know, so um, that's, that's pretty much where, where the love and the determination came from, just, just competing in my neighborhood and, you know, getting on my high school team and kind of learning the um, high school circuit and AAU circuit, you know, um, throwing myself in the fire. And, you know, I was able to play ABCD camp, Nike camp. And I also, when I was there, um, I was there to compete and to show my skill, but I was also there to learn because I was always humble. And I knew that I played late and it was still a lot I had to learn. So I will stay and watch other guys' games that I that I like. So that's um that's a that's a brief little, you know, history about, you know, me getting the ball and getting that love for basketball and stuff. Man, that's awesome. And and being inspired by the Brooklyn ballers that came before you, I, I understand that, man. I never achieved the heights even close to what you did, but just living in Bay Ridge, you know, you heard these urban myths about like Chris Mullen, not only balling on like right, right, right. Shore, on Shore Road and, you know, 79th on that court on the water. I don't know if you ever, you ever balled there. Great spot. But like, yeah, I, I balled over there a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like just, some good runs over, over there. just balling all over the boroughs, you know, throughout Brooklyn and Manhattan and like Brooklyn attitude and ball is something else. So the fact that you had that as well and, and brought that special right. mix, that's really cool. Really cool. Was there Thank a guy? You, was there a guy you looked up to during that era, or like kind of try to emulate your game after? I know you had those inspirations in Brooklyn, but anybody that you really looked up to? I mean, guys from my neighborhood, like Stephon Marbury, um, mm -hmm. Norman Richardson, um, Derek Brown, um, Jamel Thomas, um, known as Five Thirty. He also played for Providence. These guys grew up like two, two to five blocks away from me, so. You know, they would come back and, you know, um, I, w I would watch some of their games. It, it it was very inspirational to me. Um, like I said, because they did it, I felt I could do it too because they were, they, were, they were coming back and they were right in front of my face, you know. So it, it, it always gave me that, 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 that confidence that I needed, you know, that I can do That's it too. Cool. That's cool. So during that era – um, there was some tremendous ball players. I mean, obviously everyone thinks of LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony in that era, but also like Lenny Cook was a big name at the time. You played in some high level camps um, as a junior, senior. Did you get to face off with, um, with any of those guys or any other real elite players of that era? They're uh, in those camps. Yeah. And then did you kind Absolutely. of, I can do this when you, when you were in those games? Yeah, I, I played against LeBron. Um, I played against him at AAU. I played against um, Carmelo Anthony um, at ABCD camp. I didn't match up against them because, but we played against, um, our teams played against each other, you know? So um, I, I, I played against uh, Lenny Cook. Lenny Cook actually played on Lenny Cook AAU team, um, the, the Long Island Panthers. You know, I played with them in a few tournaments my junior year, and, you know, he was the marquee guy. It was him, um, Curtis Sumner, Jason Frazier, Gary Irvin, um, Daryl Hill Showtime, like some of the best players in the city. And um, that experience was, was – th those type of experiences always going to um, let you know where you at. And I was always a competitor, and I always, you know, didn't um, – um, I wasn't, like, scared of – 
you know, challenges. So, you know, I went into those games doing my thing and, you know, I always was a good shooter. So when you have those type of players around you and you get open, which you go get open a lot because AAU basketball is not as struct structured as like a high school team and a college team, you know, so you get a lot of open shots AAU. So for me being a good shooter and playing with those guys, that's how I, I got noticed, you know, because those guys, um, they have to have double teams, triple teams sometimes. Like Lenny Cook, when I played with Lenny Cook, literally they would put three guys on him. Wow. Which was, it, <laughs> I, I was, I, I'd be so happy. I'm like, oh, I, I'm going to just, it's basically free throws for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I went, I played in um like Robin Given tournament, like some of the top tournaments with those guys. And, you know, I was able to do my thing, hit hit a couple threes. And that's when they like, oh, this guy, you know, my, my name started getting out there as, as a really good shooter in high school. So, and then also, too, playing against LeBron, Carmelo, like, you know, when you have good shooting before you have good performances, you know, um, these guys are coming to scout them. You When I when I saw that, I was like, I'm about to do good. I want to make sure I do good because they come in to see them. Now I could get my, I could get seen. I could get my name out there, you know? So that's, that's, that's what I wound up doing. With the games that, that, that made me go back and want to work even harder, you know, so... It was a great experience, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, in Jersey and the tri-state area in general, we just really treasure guys who who step up to the challenge, right? And they're, who don't shrink like right. the brightest. And you were that guy personified. So it's interesting that it started in AAU for you. Like you you went out there and you were ready to go. I mean, that, and it, it carried through in college and in your pro career. So that's, I mean, that just makes you, Again, this program, we talk about it a lot. A, a true, like, Jersey grit, awesome athlete. And that's that's what you are. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, definitely. So fast forward a little bit to you, you're now kind of blowing up on the AAU circuit. You're getting recruited. Can you talk to us about what it was like getting recruited by Gary Waters? J.R. Inman said a lot of great things about Coach Waters. Uh, what was that like? And did you know you were primed? to really have a great career at Rutgers coming in? Uh, it, it, it was great being recruited by Gary Waters. You know, he, he he's a um, really good-hearted guy, um, spiritual. You know, I come from a home, you know, my mom is a very spiritual woman. So, um, you know, uh, I, I felt at home with him. You know, I felt like he was a father figure. So, um, but, uh, you know, I met a lot of coaches, but he, he just hit me different, you know, and what I liked about him is he told me if I work, if I, if I work hard, he was a defensive minded coach. If I work hard on defense, he was going to let me just play my game on offense, you know, and, and no other coach told me that, you know? So when he told me that, you know, I was like, you know, I'm going to take your word on that and I'm going to do that part. And, you know, the whole experience with him, um, coaching there, you know, um, Helping me to get to where I got to, you know, uh, as a professional, you know, that ha that has all to do with Gary Waters and, you know, his um dedication to his players. You know, it, it was really great playing. I'm still in contact with him, too, and uh, the whole coaching staff, you know, Coach DeSembler, Coach Carr. Um, you know, I, I talk to these guys, you know, regularly. So, you know, those guys are always going to forever be family. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. JR told us a story about how he, um, he was recruiting Terrell Biggs and JR together. 
And I thought to myself, man, if we had Jr. Terrell and you, if you had come back, oh, oh, man, man. we would have been unbelievable. We would have been, we, that would have been a tournament team for sure. Yeah. But, Terrell Biggs, that was my guy, man. But, yeah, you know, it didn't work out. Yeah. So you had, I mean, in your, in your three years, uh, you had some phenomenal moments at Rutgers. You had a season where you had 839 points. Um, is there a moment that ranks as number one for you? Something you look back on and really just look back on fondly or remember very fondly? I mean, um, I, I would say um, just being inducted to the Hall of Fame, but um, for playing-wise, I would say um, maybe scoring when I scored 41 in the Carrier Dome. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> That's cool. You know, I, was, um, I went into the game not – you know, not thinking, you know, I was going to have such a big game, but I went into the game knowing, like, they playing zone. And I, when I see zone, like, for some reason, like, I always love when they play zone because mm -hmm. you get the ball moving a couple times and then the defense, you know, um, get a little tight and then you get you get a couple open shots that you can get in rhythm. They go in the man, you still, you still got that rhythm, you know. So I always love zone, especially when teams started it, you know. Usually they get out of it after a couple – you know, a couple minutes during the game because, you know, um, I'll start hitting a couple threes. So they like, but by the time they go, man, I'm already like, like um, Syracuse wound up going man the whole second half because I hit about six to seven. I hit about um, five threes in the first half. Wow. So they wound up going man, but, um, you know, second half, like I said, I still had that rhythm. So second half, even though they were playing man, you know, they were going down just as, you know, just as easy as the first half, but yeah, I would say that was that's probably my my greatest memory. And also too, one thing that I always will love because you know I always was a big fan of Jim Beheim, but um, I like it when he um you know said that you know I'm a great player. He 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 had a little um you know nice stuff to say about me after the game. So you know that 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 was good to hear. You know that I had a Hall of Fame guy like that. You know um have have a lot of respect for my game. So. That's awesome. Yeah, gladiators basically saying nice things about another gladiator. That's something else. And what was, right, it like right. was, what was it like shooting in the Carrier Dome? Because that was such – the depth there is different, right? Because you're, you're playing in a football stadium. Was that weird? Did you have – did you – obviously you were good. It was, it was weird at first, but the, a lot of people because – I don't know. Um, for some reason – I don't look at the backboard when I shoot. I'm I'm concentrating on angles on the rim. Like, I taught myself when I started taking ball serious. I was in the gym so much that I learned certain things about the rim and angles and stuff and what to focus on. So I'm not too focused on everything else. So when I lock in, I'm locking in right on, 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 on my target and my routine, you know? So when you have, if you have a really – you know how to lock in on that rim. Like, it's, it's weird because I'm so good at it. I got so good at it that um you know a lot of people ask questions like 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 what you ask but for me I just felt like I just focused and when the game came wherever I played I could play outdoor double rims I was able I was always able to shoot good you know oh. and I I realized when I didn't shoot good is because I didn't put the practice in and the focus wasn't that locked in you know mm -hmm. but imagine doing it every single day 500 shots a day like the, the 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 concentration level is is unbelievable, and that's how serious I took the game in college. I would come before I would tell the coach, wake me up seven o'clock in the morning, 
because my classes will start like nine, about 9.30 or after 10. So I will be in the gym before any, I'll be the only one in the coach. And, you know, I'm getting up like 500 shots. And then after practice, I will do the same thing with the machine gun and stay after practice. So just my work ethic really helped me to be consistent and shoot that well, you know? So, you know, I got to give the um the work ethic some of that, some of the credit as well. No doubt. No doubt about that. So when you're, when you're scorching a Syracuse, you know, they're in that zone, you said first half, they can't flex out to you out of that two, three and get to you because you're shooting between mid court and the three point line sometimes. And you were lethal from that, from that distance. I'll never forget you hitting shots from the base of the R and, and back then in 2004, 05, that was a little peculiar to see because back then, the NBA hadn't really evolved to where it is today, where you had guys with range, that kind of range. Um, right. I mean, you were way ahead of the curve, way ahead of the curve. So the question I have is, how were you so ahead of the curve there? And do you think you inspired other guys? You think there was a kid maybe like Steph, <laughs> Steph Curry, watching you and getting inspired back then? Some guys in the NBA when I run into that I went and watched any Rutgers game, they, they knew who I was and they used to say, yo, your, your shot was crazy, man. So I know I was have had to have seen that. But um like I said, um when I got the Rutgers, you know, Coach Waters kinda put me in a situation to just play my game. When I got to the NBA, they wanted I'm I'm undersized to play how I was playing and you know now you could play undersized. That's what that's what the league is now, you know. Um, mm-hmm. They play undersized. They don't play with traditional centers. But when I got in the league, it was it was the old school still, you know, traditional centers. They wanted traditional point guards. So when I got into Sacramento, um, you know, Adam and drafted me, but he got fired a little bit after he um, drafted me. So I got I got with a coach who only know how to work with traditional point guards. Like Adelman knows how to play with undersized point guards. I mean, undersized guards like two guards, some guys that he had success with that were, you know? Doug Christie. Under, yeah. under to play the, the wing position. So, um, yeah, yeah um, like he was like one of the first coaches to play like Bobby, um, Libby and Buddy Jackson together, you know, two guys under 6'2". That's right. You know? Yeah. No other teams were doing that. So it would it would have been perfect for me if he was there, but when I got there, they they – automatically like, hey, we need you to run the offense. We need you to get the team involved and you get your offense um, when you think you can get it, but we need you to run the offense. My love for it kind of just pushed me to do it myself and not wait for anybody, you know what I'm saying? So when I got to the pros, now money's involved, you know. Um, I'm a little more timid than handle business the way I'm supposed to. Um, you know, I should have demanded a trade and got myself in a better situation with, you know, like the Suns or the Warriors that kind of play my style of game. But, right, you know, um, it didn't work out. I wind up just let me go overseas and figure myself out again. And then, you know, I went overseas. I got I had an opportunity to go back to the league. But, you know, I enjoyed overseas so much. And, you know, I didn't want to get because it was a miserable situation, man, like. You know, some people cool, they like cheering, but, you know, for me, I, I love to play. So you know, I didn't want to get caught in the situation. So I decided, let me just finish my career here. You know, I'm 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 happy. You know, I was able to get a scholarship. I'm, I'm able to make a living for myself after I'm done. So the NBA for me was, for you know, a little bit of fame. But, you know, that those stuff don't really mean nothing to me, you know. It, it, what means more to me is... um you know, being able to take care of me and my family. 
So absolutely, that was, that, that, that's how I ended it. Yeah, you and you had a great pro career um, all over the world. And but you, what you just want, I wanted to just latch on one to one thing you mentioned about the Suns. That is such a great point. If you had landed on that team, you could have played the role Quentin Richardson played and just basically lit up the scoreboard in that fast-paced offense. And they were very, they were he, very ahead of the curve with Steve Nash at point. Right. He, exactly. Yeah, Bob Bulls, who was my height, playing the two guard, playing his natural game. You know, if, imagine he took. Um, Barbosa, you you know Barbosa, right? Oh yeah, yep. Imagine imagine they first get into the NBA like ah, you gotta be a traditional point guard. That's good. That that would have ruined him. You know what I'm saying? For sure. He got drafted. He got drafted by the Suns. He didn't he didn't play his first year, and then when Adelman got there, Adelman that's Adelman style of um player. So he was able to flourish. You know, so you know um I didn't understand the business part. You know um. When I was in college, it was easier for me to handle my business and, and handle it because I didn't look at it as money. It wasn't money involved. It wasn't business. I looked at it like, this is fun. Damn. Now, when you take a job, I'm like, how do I, I don't know how to maneuver. And my agent is not going to do nothing unless my circle or me tell him, you know? Right. He's only going to push for the guys that's really on him. But I didn't, you know, I didn't know how to handle it. I was really... I was really handling my agent like I worked for my agent, you know? And I look back at situations like, damn, I didn't, I didn't handle it. You know, I didn't handle a lot of stuff properly. But, you know, you live and you learn. My son is playing. Now I could pass on all of these, all of these stuff that I learned, you know? Good. And, you know, back then, Quincy, we didn't know that players had as much uh, sort of leverage as they did, right? Today, players have all the leverage and guys like Harden right. and LeBron, they just they just dictate terms. But even back then, yeah, yeah. it wasn't that. Right. For, that those, for those guys, they have leverage because they're top players. But I'm saying a guy fresh in that didn't prove himself, you don't have much leverage. So yeah. you don't hey, help you maneuver through it. You know, a lot of these players are top players because they got a strong circle behind and handling all the behind the scenes stuff where it's easy to concentrate on the craft and perform. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. For me, it, it wasn't it wasn't like that. I was handling my off the court stuff by myself, my finance and my career. And you know, that was a situation for me to to take over when I look back to demand a trade. Like I need to get traded so I'm not playing, so let's do each other a favor. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You try to see if you can get something for me. And I go into a situation where I feel like I could be more productive, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So you did obviously have a fantastic career internationally. You were a star in Turkey, a star in China. What was that like playing in different places? I, I've read articles where you said that the Chinese basketball fans are really phenomenal um, and you, you enjoyed other spots too. But, you know, any, any other color you want to add to that that whole thing? What was that like? Uh, it, it was a good experience, man. Um, those people love basketball, you know, and they they love Americans. People, when I when I come back home, a lot of them be like, how, how are they? How, what do they think about Americans? Every country I've been to, they love America. They love Americans. They always ask me, oh, we want to um, come visit. And, you know, um, the, 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 the people, they love sports. They showed a lot of love. They, um, they, 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 just like here, they give. Um, you know, some again, some of the experience I have where, you know, our bus were was attacked by some fans. Um, you know, we were attacked as in like, you know, throwing stuff at us, batteries at us on the court, um, fruits, 
firecrackers, whatever, whatever um you think that is not possible to throw on the court, they're throwing it. Wow. You know, so it's a couple <laughs> times. It's a couple times where they have to shut the games down. There's a couple times where they have to take the whole crowd out, and we have to just play in the empty gym. So the crowds overseas get a little uh, a little bit more rowdier than you know the crowds over here. The crowds mm-hmm. over here they 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 know how to control them a lot better, I would say. So that's crazy. But it was, it was a great it was a great experience. I never felt like I never felt threatened like my life was threatened. I just felt like oh these are um you know um diehard fans that you know want their team to win and this usually happened when we went away and our fans were just like that to the away fans as well. So. That's just how it is overseas. Awesome. So when you were uh, when you were overseas, and also when you're back here stateside, do you ever get the uh, "I do believe"? Anybody ever yell that to you when they see you, if they recognize you? Yeah, no. People people still um show love. I was just talking to my friend. He he was like, "Man, I posted a video on you on my page, and a lot of people was just writing, I do believe. Oh, I do believe. How I do believe doing? You know so." Yeah, a lot of people still, you know, show love and, um, you know, say I do believe and stuff. Like when I go up to Rutgers anytime, you know, the alumni, um, they always show love with the, you know, I do believe. And, you know, it's 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 cool, man. I enjoy it. It's, it's good, especially when I come back to Jersey. It's, it's always good to, you know, see um, some fans, you know, that remember me. And they give me they, they give me the I do believe. So it was cool, man. Awesome. Yeah, like I said before, you're a quintessential New Jersey. We we call it like a lunch pail athlete. You're tough. You're motivated. You perform. I mean, you're you're beyond skilled. You're very skilled, but you even perform beyond your skill level because of your motor. Um, and that's the kind of thing we cherish here, like I said before. So it's awesome. It's awesome to have you as part of the New Jersey sort of um, pantheon of athletes and, uh, and as a Rutgers guy. So... Anything else? Sure. You want, anything else you want to say to the listeners um, before we wrap up? I really appreciate your time today. Yeah. Um. Uh, not, not much. Um. You know, wh- whoever. Um. You know, want to get in the sports or get in anything. You know, um. But what what I did. Um. Especially with basketball. You know, basketball is a hard sport to make it to where I made it to. But the reason why I got there is because you know I I, I use people. I use stuff to motivate me. Like I use people that made it to motivate me. Um, I stayed in the gym, worked on my game, and I always told myself I'm not good. Even though I, I, I did all of that stuff I did at Rutgers, I still told myself I'm not good to humble myself to continue to work because there's always somebody out there trying to, you know, take your position, you know? And, um, you know, I, I knew that. So I just continue to work. So whatever anybody want to do, just continue to work at it. You know, um, have patience, be 100% dedicated to it. And, you know, um, like like me, you know, it, 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 God willing, it, it'll just fall in your lap. You know, so that that's all I want to say to the people. Try to leave a little word of encouragement. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, ma- manufacturing kind of desire in your life. That you said that, I, MJ said that in the last dance. I, I feel like it's an important thing, right? That to manufacture yeah, some of that desire day to day. Absolutely, because there's so much distractions, man. If you don't do that, you're going to be caught up following other people's um, dreams and lives. You know what I'm saying? So 
that's one thing that helped me because in my environment, I had a lot of distraction. A lot of my friends were getting killed, going to jail, calling me from Rikers Island at high school, you know? So I knew, I knew if I didn't um, get it together, that's, that, that was my, that was my life. And I didn't want that for myself. I didn't want that for my family, you know? So I used anything that I could to motivate me and to make me make something happen, make something of myself, you know? So that's the, that's the thing. That's awesome, man. So that's, that's a really inspirational story. Thank you for sharing your, your, uh, your journey with us today. I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah. maybe, uh, hopefully we'll have you back one day when uh, Rutgers re reaches the national championship in, in hoops. <laughs> That'd be man, good. I hope so. I, I think, I think it's possible, you know, um, coach Pike doing a great job. Um, hopefully in the future, I could be a part of that staff, man. I'm, I'm finishing up my degree right now. So, you know, in the next couple of years, I'm, I'm trying to, um, you know, get in the coaching, get in the coaching staff, college. So, you know, it'd be a cool thing. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. That, and that would be very much in line with what Shiano's doing on the football side, too, bringing, you know, some of his star star guys back, um, having them play right. positional yep. roles. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It'd be great, man. Good stuff. But, Thank you, Quincy. I uh, really appreciate yeah. it. All the best to you and your family. And uh, yeah. have a great rest of the day. Yeah, thank you too, man. Appreciate you.